Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalts as a nation, but sins are reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to of God and Man, the show that is the nightmare of Muslims and atheists alike. <laughs> this is your host, Brom French. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029, or you can reach me by email at the letter B, the letter F, the at sign, B-R-A-H-M-F-R-E-N-C-H dot com. That is bf at bromfrench.com. Speaking of atheists, I got to have lunch with my daughter and some of her fellow performers in the school theater. And so we go, we meet, and while we're eating, now Brianna has gotten into some discussions with her friends, and discussions is saying it very lightly, some heated discussions, whether or not there is a God. And Brianna is very in your face. And by the way, thank you, Brianna, for guest hosting the podcast, even taking us through the Bible in a quadrillion years. What an amazing job she did. However, let me throw, let me tell you the story. And so she tells me there's a math class that she has been struggling with. But she took a test in the math class, and we are sitting at this table in Church, Texas, with all of her um, atheist friends from theater. And she tells me that her math class, she has gotten a very good grade. And when I hear that, what's the first thing that comes out of her preacher dad's mouth, sitting amongst a bunch of atheists? <laughs> you guessed it. My response was, what? You got what? Oh my. And people say there is no God. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop almost in the whole restaurant, it seemed. I caught them so off guard and it, to see the, the, the silence that swept over the place. <laughs> These atheists was just, it truly, truly blessed me. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, again, I do want to thank Brianna. I, Brother Loman, Bill Loman, did send a uh, an email, and we had some discussion afterwards. We have been calling what Joseph did communism. It may not be the right word. It is the same outcome. But communism, fascism, socialism all have the same outcome. And so recognize it at minimum is socialism. So, so socialism just kind of encompasses the whole spectrum, whether it be fascism or communism or uh, Nazism, National Socialism, all of them are summed up in socialism. So we got that out of the way. Now, let me talk about some other different interesting issues. And so Germany has come out and said, hey, uh, Syrian refugees aren't really all that innocent, and uh, they, uh, well, they're planning attacks. Who didn't see this coming? <laughs> Isn't this not a, is this a no-brainer or what? Who did not know this? Anyway, uh, welcome to the game. And the President of the United States compares uh, the Syrian refugees to those that came over on the Mayflower. What a joke. 
What a joke. The ones that came over on the Mayflower, you go back and read. Thank you, our non-transvestite NSA operative, for sending me the link. You go back and look and you will find that those that came on the Mayflower were very clear about their Christianity and uh, what they were doing this for. And it was all about the Lord and that none of it was about Allah. And welcome to the game, Germany. Hopefully one day our president will catch up, even if it means we've got to get a new one, a new president. Now, let me talk about something else. Change topics for just a second. Now, I live in Marion, Texas. When I'm home, this is where I call home. Marion, Texas is not a very big community, not a very big town. It's got roughly about a thousand people. I live just outside of Marion. But Marion is a country type area. There are ranchers and farmers that occupy the areas around Marion. I was at a restaurant a few years ago called Gigi's. And sitting there, I'm sitting at a table and across from me are some cowboys. They, uh, they do not look like your typical, well, how can I say? They don't get manicures or pedicures. That, um, they are not the unisex type individuals. They are not the, oh, what's that word? Um, metrosexual, that's the word. They are not the metrosexual type. Now, we're going back quite a while ago. I'm sitting at the restaurant across just on the another table over. I'm hearing these two, three, four ranchers speak. Now, this is during the time of the swine flu. And the school, Marion, did not want to close down. These ranchers, or at least that's what they looked to be, were speaking out of their own heart, their own feelings, and saying that they believed the school should shut down. Swine flu, bird flu, one of those things where there was this mass hysteria. More people died from the normal flu than they did from the swine flu and all the others. And But anyway, they are crying. They are up in arms because the school had not shut down. And what's going to happen? There's going to be this epidemic. Everybody's going to die. And something dawned on me as I'm sitting in this restaurant listening to these so-called men. And it hit me. We are living to see. Now, if you've seen me, I will joke about the size of my stature. You know, I could be a linebacker for the NFL. I'm expecting a call any day. <laughs> I am not the typical six foot five, broad shouldered individual. These men looked more like it, but their words and their actions and what they wanted from the government told me otherwise because they were nothing but cowards. They wanted everybody to stay home, don't go to school, don't go to your job, stay home, lock the doors, you don't know when or how this virus will get you. We have lived to see a generation of cowards, a generation of bona fide cowards that want to hide behind everything. It reminds me, I knew a pastor back in San Antonio that was from Mexico. And he told me that in Mexico, they control the populace with fear. And so they tell them the chupacara or whatever, however you pronounce that uh, crazy animal that's supposed to exist down there. 
nobody's ever really seen. But they said the government, this is what the pastor's telling me, that the government comes up with a whole bunch of crazy schemes to keep the people in fear and by thus control them. This is exactly what has happened in this nation. This explains why we've got people that are scared to death of average American citizens carrying guns, but it's okay for the criminals to have guns, but not the everyday Christians or the everyday citizens. That reminds me, thank God for Texas passing this concealed carry, and now it is official. Thank God for Texas. <laughs> I happen to be in Kentucky. My NSA operative, our non-transvestite NSA operative, would be happy to know we are in Kentucky. And uh, I don't know, but maybe, maybe tonight, this might be the night where they bring out the snakes in church. <laughs> don't know for sure. And, uh, but we shall see. If I don't get to do another podcast, well, maybe my faith just wasn't where it was supposed to be. <laughs> Bible does say they shall take up serpents and they shall not harm them. Although I firmly agree that I believe it was completely by accident as Paul did it in the book of Acts. <laughs> anyway, look at all the different things that have transpired over the last couple months, month and a half, since our last podcast. Terrorism, ISIS has struck American soil over in California. Where do they strike? Where we are the most vulnerable, where we are the weakest. They strike where you cannot be armed, where you cannot defend yourself. This is always the case. And yet we're too dumb, too blind to see the obvious. Why are they not striking in Texas? on a mass scale. Why is it that crime in Chicago is so rampant and yet crime in some of these other places are so minuscule even with relation to the same size of the population? Because an armed citizenry is a safe citizenry. It's a no-brainer. And then we have what is going on in, oh, where is that? Is that Oregon? Somebody might have to fill me in. Thank you, our non-transvestite NSA operative, for sending me a uh, sending me a picture, reminding me. I I've been in the middle of the revival, and it, it's gone on every night, and had to do some other things, so I have not been able to pay a whole lot of attention. But it looks like this could ramp up to be another Ruby Ridge incident, or maybe a Waco incident under the Clinton administration. And again, we see the government overstepping its bounds which is not the first, nor will it be the last time. I believe what we really need is an America that will stand up to the government. First of all, we've got to vote out these loonies that believe the government is the boss. You, the American people, you are the boss, and they are elected to serve us. We are not their peasants. We are not a monarchy. We are not even a democracy, not technically, not supposed to be, at least. We are not a theocracy, but we are supposed to be a democratic republic, which is ruled and governed by law. But we have an administration, and we have administrations, even in Forestville, Texas. Who would have thought Forestville? I think it was in Forestville. I, I saw that there was a councilman that they're doing everything they can to out him 
for the dumbest reasons under the planet. Because they don't like his politics and because he tells them they're spending too much money. Wow, how far have we gotten away from the founding fathers? How far have we drifted from normal, everyday, average individuals who keep their checkbook registry and will say, I only have so much money to spend. Here's a guy that gets in trouble and they kick him off the city council because he says we don't have this money. Well, what difference does it make? The federal government doesn't have the money that they're wanting to spend. And it doesn't seem to matter who we vote in, they're going to spend anyway. I did hear some promising news, although now I've honestly given up all hope. They're saying that they think they can repeal Obamacare, at least in the House. And after everything else that they've done and just passing $1.8 trillion debt for this next year or for this year, I my hopes are not, uh, how can we say, they are not very high <laughs> at the moment. And uh, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, you can't help but look around and see what our government has done to our economy, to us as a free people. And now you are not told what you can or cannot do by a Congress that votes, but by bureaucrats that get hired. They now write the laws and make the laws, and no Congress, no legislature ever actually imposes the laws or votes for the laws that are imposed upon us. Boy, do we ever need a true revolution. It is today. The time has come. We need a revolution again. John Adams was right. We've gone way, way too long without a revolution. And now we have a government that is absolutely insane. Thank God. I know I can't believe I'm saying this. And I've got some of you listeners. You're going to go nuts when I say it. But again, I'm finding myself, and I can't believe it. Thank God for Governor Abbott. <laughs> this is like, what? you got to be kidding me. He's, uh, he's the old school money. He's uh, borderline liberal. And I know, I know, this is why I'm saying, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. But Abbott, Governor Abbott, has again come out, remember, with, uh, oh, now it, I lost the train of thought. I lost what uh, what the government was trying to do. They were wanting to come in, and uh, they are going to do military action. And our governor in Texas said, not on our soil. And if you do it on our soil, we're going to be watching you. Thank you. And now this time, this ignorant man posing as president of the United States has stood and declared with tears that there's too much gun crime. And he's going to make executive orders to prevent such guns from getting into the hands of citizens, basically. And what does our governor in Texas do? <laughs> he encourages Texans to get guns and get ammunition. He says, "Not basically, not on my watch. Thank you, Governor Abbott. Thank you so much. I can't believe it, but... This has been over and over again. I'm seeing a trend, and I think I'm actually beginning to like this guy. And I'm appreciating him a whole lot more than I thought I would when he first got into office. Let me take a break, and when I come back, we will go through the Quran, God forbid. 
And uh, then we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And we are back. Now, those of you that have been wondering where in the world has a podcast gone, uh, this tends to be the normal occurrence of the podcast. We take pretty close to the end of November, beginning of December, we take most of that off. And uh, so we're back to square one. The reason we're going to pick back up on Monday is because Monday happened to be the, uh, the beginning of the new year. However, the way it so happened in the revival and uh, a couple other things that we had going on just was not able to do it. And here we go. And there it is, the sound of the car crash, the collision, if you will, of Christianity and Islam, or Chrislam, and Judaism and Islam, or sanity and Islam. Because you cannot be a Christian and be Muslim. You cannot be Jewish and be Muslim, nor can you be sane and be Muslim. None of those fit Christianity, Judaism, or sanity. None of them fit in Islam. We are in the cow. That is the second chapter. I kid you not. That is the name of the second chapter, the cow. We are in verse number 96. Verse number 96 the Quran says this, And verily you will find them, the Jews, the greediest of mankind for life, and even greedier than those who ascribe partners to Allah and do believe in resurrection. Megans, pagans, idolaters, etc. Every one of them wishes that he could be given a life of a thousand years. But the grant of such life will not save him even a little from due punishment. And Allah is all seer of what they do. Holy cow! You would think, you would think I'm reading from my comp. You would have thought that Adolf Hitler was the writer of this material. But no, folks, this is supposed to be the religion of peace. This is supposed to be from the beloved Muhammad. Quote, unquote, beloved. God help us. So this is what he says. Verily, you'll find them the Jews. So now we know who they're talking about, who Muhammad is talking about. And he says the Jews are the greediest of all mankind for life and even greedier than those who ascribe partners to Allah and do not believe in resurrection. So here we're seeing that he is saying that Jews are worse, and he begins to give the list. Among the list are pagans and idolaters. Now what happened to the first chapter? Where the first chapter he's talking about how 
you know, that they shall be blessed. Now he's saying they're worse than idolaters. They're worse than pagans. Every one of them wishes that he could be given a thousand years, but the grant of such life will not save him even a little from due punishment. And so in other words, he is declaring that all Jews are greedy and all Jews are due punishment. Maybe because of this greed, who knows? And Allah is all seer of what they do. Allah does not exist, never did, never will. I'm not going to waste more time when we could be going through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. When I come back, we will go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Give me just a second. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. And we are back. I did want to take a few seconds and thank my daughter, Brianna, for uh, doing the last podcast of last year. She did a fantastic job, including going through the Bible in a quadrillion years. And now it's good to be back in the saddle again. And we are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 42, verse number one. We're going to go from verse number one down to about verse number four. The Bible says this. Now, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, why do ye look one upon another? And he said, behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. And Joseph's 10 brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, lest preadventure mischief befall him. <laughs> Duh, that's kind of what happened with Joseph, right? Joseph was sent out to look for his brethren and disappeared. Dad never saw him again. So now dad is a little anxious of sending his youngest Benjamin. It makes total complete sense to me. I think if dad was just to hot to trot and sending Benjamin, dad would be an idiot. And we see that dad is not an idiot. So he is hesitant to send Benjamin. Let's go back up and look at verse number one. We're going to go down from verse number one, verse number four. So J Jacob has seen that there is corn in Egypt. And he says to his sons, why do you look one upon another? <laughs> We're sitting in the house, just staring at each other. There's no rain. There's no food. We're in a famine. But I've heard that there is food in Egypt. It's time we get up off our doves and do something about it before we all starve to death. And he said, behold, I've heard there is corn in Egypt. Get down thither, go to Egypt and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. This is one of the crazy, amazing things about human nature. I don't know, but is there a chance these boys would have just sat there until they starved to death? I honestly believe that there are some people that would do that case, that, that would do that. Just talk about stupidity. That's what a welfare society delivers. 
And that's what Joseph or what Jacob has seen with his sons. They're just sitting there until they die. Joseph's 10 brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. Get that. It says his 10 brethren, not his 11 brethren, because one brother stays back home. Verse four tells us who, but Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren. For he said, lest preadventure mischief befall him. So now dad is saying, now last time I sent Joseph out, Joseph did not return. And guys, y'all returned with his coat of many colors that was blood stained. I don't want to take that chance again with Benjamin, with the youngest. So I'm going to keep him here safe with me and I'll send you out. We're going to find that eventually Joseph says, hey, uh, do you have a younger brother? And they'll say, yeah, we've got one. And they say, he'll say, well, I won't see your face again until you bring the younger lad, till you bring that boy back to me. Why? Because Joseph knows what they did to him, <laughs> right? And that makes total sense. But dad also knows what happened, or he thinks he knows what happened to Joseph. And so he does not want that to befall on Benjamin. So he holds Benjamin where he is, lest preadventure mischief befall him. The same as what happened to Joseph in uh, Jacob's mind. Let's go on to verse number five. We're, I think we'll be able to go a little further than I anticipated. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And so Israel, the sons of Israel, they have come to buy the corn among those that came. So there's a whole that Israel and the children of Israel are not the only ones going to buy corn. Everybody's coming to buy corn because of the famine is so great in the land. But jo And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. Isn't this crazy? This is exactly the dream that Joseph had all those years ago. It has finally come to pass. The dream that Joseph had, remember the stars were going to bow, the, the crops were going to bow, and he would give the interpretation that, hey, dad, hey, brethren, you're going to bow to me. Finally, now, we're seeing it comes to pass. Joseph was governor over all the land. And it was that he was the one that sold to the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren. And so now the 10 boys of Israel, the 10 sons of Jacob, the very ones that would hear Joseph's dream over and over again. They are the same ones that will bow themselves down before him with their faces to the earth. Let me take just a moment and remind you that if God ever gave you a dream, he will bring it to pass. If you'll hold on and be faithful to the dream he gave you, he will elevate you. He will place you in position 
at the right place at the right time for that dream to be made manifest. It's not going to happen tomorrow, most likely. It's not going to happen in your time frame. But if you'll hold on long enough, if you'll wait long enough, the dream he gave you, he will bring to pass. And it will happen just as he promised you it would. Remember what these boys said when they first saw Joseph coming down the road. They said something, I'm going to probably butcher it, but something to the extent of, behold, here cometh the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. If you are a dreamer, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to be shy about. It's nothing to be conscious of. As a matter of fact, I believe you ought to share it. You ought to have a little humility, and eventually Joseph learns that the hard way. Humility does play a huge role. But if God has given you a dream, you hold on to the dream and don't allow the adversary, don't allow those around you to kill the dream that God has given you. You hold on to it tenaciously. You fight for it. You willingly abandon other things that would stop you from achieving the dream. You be the man of integrity, the woman of integrity that God called you to be while you fight to live the dream that God has placed inside of you. Whether that dream be a position on the job, maybe it's a ministry, maybe it's a specific or particular calling that he's placed upon you. Nonetheless, you hold on to the dream Allow the naysayers to forget about it. And don't worry. One day they'll come back. They'll be bowing before the dreamer. Thanks so much. We will talk to you later.